0: me and he chooses the most unlikely people to do a work for him and the thing about it is I'm sitting there last night and all of us in this room you know how long have we been walking with the Lord how long have we been talking with the Lord you know Jesus is not dead he's alive and we can see in this right here where he's alive like you and I in this body but then when he dies and is resurrected and he goes to sit on the right hand of the Father, he can't help himself but to continue to keep being a laborer for the Lord. He even showed up in Apostle Paul's life and and it wasn't nobody else that saved Apostle Paul. He came to Apostle Paul personally and preached the gospel to him. To me, that's literally amazing. You know that Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just like the prophets write, Um, In in the book, he is the Lord, our God, he changes not. All right. So we got to know who he is. And I'm telling you today, this little message about this Samaritan woman just really, you know, gives us another spin on being a laborer for the Lord. Because a lot of times we want to go fix ourselves up, you know, put our makeup on, get the right shoes on, crease our pants to go on this date. And the Lord is like, I ain't got time for that. (laughs) <laughs> you got time for all that foolishness? Whatever it is that we're thinking in our mind, that is going to have to be done in order for us to be laborers. I'm here to tell you today: you might as well drop that, because you're always going. To, there's always going to be something wrong. You ain't going to get rid of sin. You hear me? It ain't going nowhere. As long as you're on this planet, sin ain't going nowhere. It's a gift that we have, Jesus Christ, in our life. Amen. So wherever you find yourself at today, this is just a little huddle. This is our little practice, and then we have to get back to living our lives, all right? So this is just a little break like they do in the game. We come together, and we remind ourselves of what the game plan is. And then we break, and everybody goes, takes their position. Some of us are grandparents. Some of us are parents. Some of us are sons and daughters. Some of us are nieces and nephews. And uh, we can't forget the play. We can't forget all that God has done for us. I love the Sunday school lesson because a lot of things go through our mind that it's a place where Satan has the opportunity to, as Jesus says, Satan wants to steal the word out of your mouth. Literally, what the message that you're hearing in your mind this morning, as soon as you hit that door, it's like a football game. He wants to pop that ball loose. He wants to create a turnover so that he can get the ball back. And we have to remember that you got to hold on to these things that God gives you, okay? And stop worrying about where you're at in life. I'm telling you that you're in the right place. If this woman in this message right here is in the right place to do great things for God, I know you and I are in the right place, amen? And let's look at verse 7. It says, there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me the drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask, drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, give me the drink, you would have asked of him. And he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence, then, have you that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him "'shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him "'shall be in him a well of water "'springing up into everlasting life.' "'The woman said unto him, "'Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, "'neither come uh, here to draw.' "'Jesus said unto her, "'Go, call your husband and come here.' "'The woman answered and said, "'I have no husband.' "'Jesus said unto her, "'You have uh, well said, I have no husband.' For you have had five husbands, and the person you're with now uh, is not your husband. And that uh, that you said truly. The woman said unto her, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. The hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am. That word he is in italics for understanding, but it's not in the original uh, scrolls. And upon this came his disciples. They showed up at this moment. The woman left her border pot and went her way into the city and said to the man, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Amen. And we can keep going with this familiar passage of scripture, uh, but she uh, is the most unlikely laborer that Jesus could have picked throughout that whole town. Imagine somebody coming to Mount Pleasant, and they picked the most unlikely laborer. Person uh, to evangelize the whole town. We don't know how many people are in this town. This woman right here doesn't have a good reputation. This woman kind of travels at night, so she's not seen. She just don't feel like hearing people's mouths. People always got something to say. You know what I'm saying? You ever live a life where somebody always got something to say about you? And uh, she don't have time for that because she might throw hands. And she don't feel like throwing hands today. She just wanna go get some water. She wanna go to Brookshire. She wanna go to Walmart, get her stuff going home. She don't feel like that. Because she's about that life, you know? And you can see by the way she lives, she's about that life. He said, you have five husbands. And she was like, "Ann." <laughs> can we put it like that, and? Like, well, and he said, the dude you with right now ain't your husband. The Samaritans didn't live their life based on scripture. All this is a show. She's used to putting on a show. Sometimes we're just used to putting on shows. You know, that's what we do. We put the show on, put the front on But she is a Samaritan. And (laughs) that's like you being a believer and somebody else is an unbeliever. You don't smoke, run the streets. Well, they smoke and run the streets. So when you come up, you say, yo, those church folks, they don't even deal with us. They don't even speak to us. When I pass them in Brookshire's, I even hold the door for them. They act like the door ain't even open. They just walk on by. Because they so holy, you know? That's what she's telling Jesus. He said, you being a Jew, what are you even talking to me for? What are you even talking to me for? What's this whole conversation about? But if we look prior to this conversation, Jesus told his disciples, I need to go through Samaria. And I know they were like, Samaria? Ain't that where those knuckleheads be hanging out at, Samaria? We don't even deal with the Samaritans, but see what happened way back when is that You know, we were talking about the building of the temple and things like that. Well, before Ezra and them got there, the men, what God said, don't go out there and mix yourself with the people of those neighborhoods because those people don't serve me. But they went out there anyway. Remember everybody left and went to Babylon? So people started living life their own way. So they went out, started laying up with different people in different towns all around there, and they started worshiping different gods. So they started having children. And the crazy thing about it is, when Ezra and Nehemiah came back, they challenged the people on how they were living. Like, what are you doing? So the men took the wives and their children and gave them a little bit of substance and kicked them out of the land so that they could be holy. That's what they did. But you know what? God never forgot those children, He never forgot those people because they belonged to Him too. Do you know that? So now you've got these children that are growing up one foot in the world and one foot in Scripture. Anything goes. You know what I'm saying? But then when it's a certain time, you want to put your clothes on and look right. That's the way they grew up. They grew up like that, just like today. Sometimes believers are the worst. They know how to practice lying and hiding and all those different things, just like the Samaritans. But on the real, this woman said, you know, believers don't even deal with us. And I love Jesus here because he began to explain to this young lady, uh, she was right. She said, you know what? Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. I love that scripture right here. The woman said to I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Why is she playing games with Jesus? You know, sometimes people have a way of playing games with God, but you just can't get around God, you know? You can play games with the people in town, but you can't play games with God. But Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, and I love this point right here, and this is to the whole world right here that always want to change things. You worship, you know not what? We know what we worship for salvation is not, they use Jews here because these people live in Jerusalem, just like in Philadelphia, we call people Philly fans. You know what I'm saying? We don't call you Dallas Mavericks, we call you Mavs. So we don't call you Hebrews no more, we call you, you're in Jerusalem. We said those are the Jews over there. We just, you know, we cut it short. But he says salvation is of the Jews. And the hour comes now when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship. There's a change going on here. Jesus is talking about a change is happening. He says salvation is of the Jews, and you should have your behind in Jerusalem waiting on the Mashiach, but you're out here in the mountains worshiping your fathers because you're in. You got one foot in, and you got one foot out, you got one foot in. You know that little song, you do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around? Yeah, you do. That's what we do. We're not truly committed to our God. But he says, but hey, the time is coming now. You're not going to be in Jerusalem. You're not going to be in the mountains. You're not going to be on the East Coast and the West Coast and all that stuff. But the Father is seeking true worshipers to worship him. Jesus chooses the most likely. Unperson right here in that whole town. He chooses the outcast of the whole town to begin his ministry with. And who are we today? Sometimes, when you look into your heart, you're the most unlikely person that God will use to change a town out of all the people in Scripture. Billy Graham running around here preaching. All these people acclaimed to Cornelius. Man, a lot of people in this house. You know that? This woman right here, he didn't use a man, he used a woman whose life was upside down to save a whole town. It doesn't even say how many people that there is in this town, Samaria. Is it more people than Jonah had to deal with in Nineveh? There's a lot of people in this town and people keep telling women to sit there behind down somewhere, but God never told you to sit your behind down somewhere. God knows how to catch you and I when we're, we're going, we used to call it the set back home. You ever go to the set? We used to call it the set, you know. God will catch you right where you're at and begin to minister to you right where you're at, set you straight right where you're at. He set Paul straight right where he was at last week. He was on a mission to kill somebody. And God met him on a Damascus road and changed his life. But there's a switch, a change in this whole thing. And that's what John wants to point out to you and I today, the change that happened. Because a lot of black people today want to be Hebrews and Israelites. But right here, there's a switch and a change happening. God is not concerned no more with whether or not you are a physical descendant of Abraham. God isn't, he doesn't care about the color of your skin. He doesn't give two cents about whether you're male or female. It says right here, the hour has come and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit. And those that worship him worship in spirit And in truth. The truth ain't always pretty. But God's word is the truth. You know that a change happened right here. But before the change, let's go to John chapter 2. And we're talking about Passover this morning, right? Well, in John chapter 2, at verse 13, There's a Passover right there, too. Even though today, the Gentiles try to call it communion. But we know it's not communion. We know it's the Passover. So in John chapter 2, verse 13, it said, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting, and when he had made a scourge of small cords... He drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep and the oxen poured out the change his money and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, what sign showeth you unto us, seeing that you do these things? What sign? You coming in here whooping everybody and driving us all out. Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up. Literally, that's what he said. It don't mean much to them. It don't probably mean much to us. But Jesus is trying to tell them who he is. He's trying to tell them that, hey, there's a shift coming. Something is going to change. Something's happening, woman at the well. It's going to blow everybody's mind. When we go back to 2 Chronicles, chapter 6, or excuse me, chapter 7. The Spirit of God. The spirit of God that John is describing, he said it was like a dove that came down and what? Rested upon the Messiah. It was almost like the whole Godhead came down and just rested on Jesus. Jesus said, suffer it to be so. And Jesus started to talk to people. He said, my father gave me power to lay this life down and to pick this life back up. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And amazing things happens here. This is so important. What the woman at the well is talking about. And what Jesus is talking about to her. Why is she up in the mountain in the first place? Why are you playing games talking to God? When the scripture tells you where you need to have your behind at. I shouldn't say it that rough, should I? I should try to slow it down a little bit. Because I'm black and I was raised in my blackness. <laughs> <laughs> Sit your behind down so, man. That's what they used to tell you when we were kids coming up. Remember that? I tear fire in your behind, boy. Don't be playing with me. Those are the words that we grew up with. People listen to my messages and they text me sometimes and they say, Why do you say the things you say? I say because I'm black. And I grew up in blackness. <laughs> And they're like laughing. They say, I'd never hear nobody say stuff like you said. I said, well, you ain't going to hear it again either because it's real up in here. And I'm going to keep it real and I ain't got time to be playing games because I'm telling you right now, Jesus is coming back. And I got to give it to you the way that you only understand. And I'm going to be up here trying to talk all corny and sweet and all that other stuff. And you're looking at me like, that ain't how we talk. I'm going to let you know where we grow up at. Okay? If you in Australia, you hear us talk, they say, oh, they must be someplace in America. <laughs> Americans only talk like that. I watch New Jack City. (laughs) (laughs) So Jesus is talking to this woman because of this thing that happened right here. And it starts in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 or maybe 2 Kings. They're both the same thing. But uh, Chronicles goes a little bit more in depth. Remember when David uh, lost faith and numbered the people? Well, Chronicles turns around and takes a little bit deeper for you and says, Satan filled his heart. I know David was like, well, you didn't have to say it. Just say, I lost faith. And they were like, no. Satan filled your heart. Satan got all up in your head. And he changed this man, David, who had faith. He lived his life by faith, and he began to number the people, and he lost faith. Amen. And Satan, when you lose faith, and I tell you right now, there's an absence of faith. I tell you, Satan just says, you know what? Let me get all up in here, because I'm going to bring something else. So Solomon begins to pray. And just let me give you a little bit of of chapter 6. And let's begin at verse 36. If they sin against thee, for there is no man which, what, sins not. So if you think you're going to run into somebody on the planet that doesn't sin, good luck. You hear me? Because all of us ain't nothing but Sinners. That's all we are. I don't care how good you look. I don't care how much scripture you can quote. I don't care how much tongues you speak. It ain't going to change God's word. We ain't nothing but sinners saved by his grace. We don't deserve it. And thou be angry with them. Deliver them uh, over uh, before their enemies and carry them away captives unto a land far off. Sometimes people backslide, don't they? Because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Sometimes the enemy will get a hold of you and lead you back out into the world. Yet if they bethink themselves in the land, whither they are carried to. Sometimes you can be in the crack house. You can be in the whole house. You can be in the casino house. You can be in your neighbor's wife's house. You can be in a lot of different houses. You can be in your house. And turn and pray unto thee in the land... Of their captivity because people still get captive. It's not a physical captivation anymore. It's a spiritual captivation saying we have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. If they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whether they have been carried them, uh, them captives and prayed towards their land which you gave unto their fathers, And the city which you have chosen towards the house which I have built for thy name. We're talking about the temple here. Then hear from heaven, from your dwelling place, their prayer and supplications and maintain their cause and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. This is the problem Jesus has with the woman at the well. What does the scripture say you should have your behind worshiping at? Now, my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thy ears be attentive unto the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, you, and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David, thy servant. Now, when Solomon had made an end of praying, Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house and the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement. And worship and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. This is the reason why Jesus is telling this woman, Stop playing with me today. Fast forward to the book of Acts. The fire, it said it appeared like there was a little bit of fire on each one of the heads, because the Holy Spirit had came down and filled each and every person, and today. Just like the book of Joel says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus is letting you know, if you go back and read about the temple that Solomon built, he is telling you in the book of John chapter two that I am that temple. Destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days, all right? Because the father is seeking those to worship him. In spirit, that means that the spirit of God is going to go into your life and in my life and something's going to change. The spirit of God, like Peter said, is the one that gave us the scripture. So the spirit and in truth is the same thing that happened on Mount Sinai on the first feast of weeks all the way through scripture. And it's the same thing that happened in Acts chapter two. The spirit of God comes in your life. The same thing that happened in Hebrews chapter eight. Well, the Lord God said in those days, amen, I will write my laws upon their heart and upon their mind, and I will be to them a God, and they will be to me a people. That's what's going to happen. There's no more pilgrimage to Mecca. There's no more pilgrimage over there to check out the temple and, and begin to worship over there. Jesus is letting everybody on the block know that he is the temple, all right? So now we fast forward in John chapter four to verse thirty-two. Jesus chose me, and Jesus chose you. The message that He gave to the disciples in Luke chapter 30, uh, thirty-four, I believe it is Luke twenty-four, verse thirty-four, I believe it is thirty-six. But He says, "Go you therefore into all the world." Let uh, repentance and remission be preached in the whole world. The first thing that the Lord did to this woman is that he spoke some truth into her life which she could not deny. She said, you know, Father, that is true. That's true, you're right about who I am. And he said, hey, well spoken, man, because I was expecting you to lie, but you didn't. Sometimes when you're talking to God, sometimes you gotta tell the Lord all about it because you wanna know why? This gift that God has given us It talks about it back over here in Chronicles. It said, hey, if we have sinned and we come to you and we talk to you all about it, forgive us of our sins. And he says, I'm faithful and just to do that. Here in verse 32, it says, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Now, they don't really understand the meat that he is talking about. But do you know how many bulls that uh, Solomon's sacrifice to the Lord that day. We we're reading a Sunday school that remember, they didn't even know if they had enough animals to sacrifice for the new temple. But because these are Hebrews and he already talked to them, John is remembering the things that he talked about. And he says, you know what? My meat, all those things that were sacrificed at that time, he says, you don't know what it is today. The offering that I desire today is not the, the blood of bulls and goats anymore. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, has any man brought him aught to eat? Has any man given him anything to eat? Listen, he wasn't even thinking about food. He wasn't even thinking about the sacrifices. Even though he's talking about me, he's not even talking about all the sacrifices that Solomon and them put on that porch and the spirit of God came down in fire and consumed it. He's not even talking about that. He's trying to tell you that there's a shift and a change that's going on in your life and in my life. Something has changed. And you're sitting here today, the most unlikely person that God will use. I was telling Thomas earlier God is pushing you to Dallas for a reason. Thomas is trying to hold on to his position. And the Lord is like, You can't hold on to this because I've ordained it. That's what he did. He can't hold on to this. You can't hold on to your life. You need to give your life up and go do what you got to do. And in doing what you got to do, you never know who you're going to run into. When God starts to send a Peter, a James, a John, a Philip, a Thomas, a you, a me someplace, and you're like, I don't want to go. Well, he said, you better take up your cross and follow me because I didn't want to come down here either. And I don't want to go to Dallas either. You hear what I'm saying? And this woman that came out here when nobody was at the water, she didn't feel like being bothered with people. Verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He talks more right here than he did when he ever got to Samaria. All of a sudden, his mindset shifts and he starts to talk to his disciples who had no clue who he was until he was resurrected. Say not that there are four months and comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And I know they're looking around like, what on earth is Jesus talking about? But they came up into this conversation with this woman and they went there for the whole. You know how you come into a room and somebody said, boy, yeah, you don't even know what we're talking about. Sit your butt down. You don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about something totally different. Now, ain't nobody talking about that. Oh I thought you was talking about Ain't nobody talking about you You ain't got nothing to do with this Jesus was having a conversation with this Samaritan woman At the well And he is trying to tell them the reason why he is there Is because the harvest is already white And the Jews don't even deal with the Samaritans They don't even deal with the Gentiles Matter of fact even though God chose them To show salvation to the whole world They weren't even showing salvation to the whole world It was just for them they thought all right, hey, we're gonna let the other sixty-nine nations die, and we just go. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna hold on to God for ourselves. That's not the way that it works. God chose you and I to be a witness. the The, the gospel is the power of God to the saving of the soul. And it looks like here in verse twenty-eight of this, they weren't there for this whole conversation. But the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And that's when he begins. You know, they come up on this conversation. Everybody keeps coming up on the conversation late. And Jesus (laughs) says, he that reaps Receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal. This is the goal for you and I. He that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal. Something happens when you and I take a chance and begin to tell people about Jesus Christ. Something happens when that fruit bears fruit that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. And here is, is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon you you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. Isaiah said, who has believed our report? Isaiah says that they preached the gospel at that time To the whole world, that even when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it says that wise men, doesn't give us the number, came from the east because they saw his star in the sky. The gospel was preached all around the world. We're trying to push the gospel around here now, but Jesus is telling his disciples right here, the gospel message has went out to the world. I just need you guys to tell them who I am. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman. A woman took the gospel to the Samaritans. And let me tell you, there's a lot of Samaritans in that city. She took the gospel to the men of that city and told the men about it. And the whole town got up and came out here to see Jesus. He told me all, not some. You know how we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly in our life at Sunday school? We don't tell people about all the bad. You know what I'm saying? You don't tell nobody about the bad. She testified that Jesus just told her whole life right in front of her. Ever since she could remember from three years old all the way to the point she is now, he sat there and said, let me tell you a little bit about yourself. She says all. Is is it in your Bible all? Mm -hmm. We just hear one part of the conversation. We weren't there, but this woman is telling everybody in the town, this man told me everything about myself. And the people were looking at her and I don't know what it was about the testimony of her because, you know, she kept to herself. She stayed by herself. She moved around by herself. People could see people coming in and out the house, but they really couldn't tell what was going on. When this woman hit the town, she began to tell everything that happened at the well. Jesus said out of her would flow rivers of what? Living water. She couldn't shut it off. I think it was the fact that she couldn't stop crying. She couldn't shut up. She just kept talking and talking. I was riding with Sister Carolyn this morning. She said, Toot, if you don't be quiet, and Toot was like, I can't. I got a river flowing at me, Grandma, and I can't shut it off, and I was laughing. And this woman at the well couldn't shut it off. You ever could, just can't shut it off? Something happened on the inside of her when she just, man, this must be him. Something just came out of her. She left her water pot, ran back to town, and they couldn't shut her up. She said, he told me everything that I ever did. She must have been so astonished because a lot of times, you know what I'm saying, you keep some things for yourself. Amen? Amen. You don't tell the whole story. People think you're crazy. (laughs) So, when the Samaritans were come to him, they sought after him too, that he would tarry with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior. Of the whole world, the one that Solomon, that little temple that Solomon was praying about, that little temple that Solomon was sacrificing all the bulls and goats and all the meat that was on. Remember, the the priest would go up and take that hook and throw that in that meat and pull off and that would be his portion. Jesus says, my meat, my portion, when I go in there with my hook and pull it back out, I don't want that meat, he said. My meat is each and every one of us on the planet. That's what he wants. He wants to throw his hook into the world and he wants to pull some of us out with him. It's so hard sometimes because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but always with spiritual wickedness. And there's a thing called Pharaoh and Pharaoh doesn't want to let us go. But Christ died that you and I might have life and life more abundantly. Turn to Romans chapter three for me. Jesus tells the woman at the well, If she knew the gift, do y'all remember reading that? He said, if you knew the gift, verse 10, he said it right there in John chapter four. If thou knew the gift of God and who it is that said to thee, give me the drink, thou would have asked, and I would have given thee living water. Romans chapter three. Salvation scriptures. Amen. Salvation scriptures. Romans 3 and 23. Romans 3 and 23. And I'm going to end it on this. We're not going to stay that long. It says, for all have sinned, just like Solomon said, Back over there in, in Second Chronicles. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6 and 23. Everybody there? And it says, for the wages, your paycheck for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our lord real simple he said if you knew the gift of god and who it was that was in front of you you would ask me for the living water and i would give it unto you and i'm telling you right now your whole life would change today jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and this, this living water is free for each and every one of us. And maybe today you don't feel like you can go around and tell anybody anything, but I guarantee you, if you begin to pray to God, Jesus said, if you ask for anything, ask it in my name. All right? The temple, they named the temple after the name of God. Jesus said, if you ask for anything today, ask it in my name so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. It hasn't changed. God, listen, he's the Lord our God. He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when I read the book of Acts in these different places where Jesus got up off the throne and went down there to to talk to somebody or tell somebody all about it, he'll do it today. And I don't care what you're going through. Just like we read over here in 2 Chronicles. I don't care what you're going through. That don't mean nothing to Jesus. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that God can't change. There's nothing that God can't do. All right? It's up to you and I whether or not we'll receive the gift that God has given us. That's it. Real simple and plain. That's the gospel message. If you're here today and you want to receive that gift, you know it's real easy. All you got to do is say, Lord, I need it. Come on, everybody. Stand on up. All you got to do is say, Lord, I need it.